Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. And don't forget, if you enjoy taking notes, you can download the fillable PDF file on our website at goharvest.org forward slash notes. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. I want to talk this morning about asking greatly of God. I, uh, about three weeks ago, um, there's different ways that messages come, all right? Um, messages come by uh, uh, inspiration, and if they don't come by inspiration, they come by perspiration. So either way works. It's all good. In other words, sometimes you'll get a message that comes, from you, comes to you just like that, and it's inspiration. You just go, like, start writing as fast as you can write because you go, like, man, that's so, um, you know, simple and everything. I don't even need to, if you better write it down or you'll be missing it in the morning. Um, but then other words, if you're not getting an inspiration, then you go to perspiration and, and you start digging. And, and you just you start go, getting into the Word of God and God will give you a word from heaven, either way, by inspiration or by perspiration. Um, but I was just get a prompting. Anytime that I get a prompting, I write it down in my notes on my phone. I'll just uh, write down the prompting, and I'll just say, you know what? And the prompting that I received about three weeks ago was asking greatly of God. And that's all that I got was that line, but then I began to go on that. And, and I've got a word to share with you this morning that I really believe and really pray will, will minister to your heart today. And I want to just begin in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. This is 1 John, and it says this, This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. How many of you know that we can have confidence in approaching God, Right? And, and so this is the confidence that we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, say with me this morning, according to his will, that's an important aspect, he hears us, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Just in one verse this morning, we've had three mentions of the word ask, A-S-K. So... It's, we're talking about coming confidently to God and learning to ask for the things that we need in our lives. And uh, so uh, I want to just share what the Lord has put in my heart this morning. Um, there are five areas that in my study, there's five areas that I came across uh, about asking God for. There's five areas. And you might even say, well, Pastor Perry, there's more than you shared this morning. And then and I go, you're, you're, you're most likely right because you're a student of the Bible as well. Just let me know and I'll say next time I preach it, I'll add that in. But there's five primary areas that I found in Scripture where we're really encouraged of the Lord to ask. And so uh, we'll get right into that in just a moment. Father in heaven, we love you so much. God, speak to our hearts today, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for your word that's living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. God, I thank you right now that your word and your truth pierces our hearts, and Lord, it changes us and transforms us. So Lord, I, I thank you that your word is already anointed, but I ask, Lord God, for an anointing to share it today in a way that it'll um, uh, resonate with our hearts and then bring transformation. We just pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus, and all of God's people said amen, amen, hallelujah. Hold up your Bibles high in the sky or your smartphones, whatever it might be. Say, this is my Bible, the living and powerful proven word of God, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, God's holy word on which I stand, and having done all, I'm going to stand on the word of God. Whatever the word of God says I am, whatever the word of God says I have, whatever the word of God says I can do, say with me, I can do all things through Christ 
who gives me strength. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. God bless you. You sound like a bunch of believers, and that's a good thing. There's a set of notes that you received as well this morning, and you can use those notes right here in service. If you need one, just lift your hand. Uh, those of you that are watching off campus and you're online today, you can do the same thing. There's a reference point where you can find notes at all for the message today as well. It'll give you a good framework on the message and also help you to remember what's being shared. So I just bless you on that today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, Let's get right into the word right now. The word of the Lord today is asking greatly of God. Say it with me this morning, asking greatly of God. In fact, as you'll see, asking is encouraged not only by God, but also by Christ. And it's that God might be glorified. In other words, we're encouraged to ask of God and to ask of Christ so that God will be glorified. So listen to what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. And when we're talking about the Sermon on the Mount, we're talking about Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. But here's just a little piece of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is saying this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. So say it with me this morning. Ask, seek, knock, and he says the door will be opened to you. But here's kind of the context of it. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. In other words, in your notes, and I wrote this out, it's another way of saying it this way, be proactive in your prayers. Say it with me this morning, be proactive in your prayers. And that's as opposed to being passive in your prayers. Because sometimes we can get into the rut of being passive in our prayers where where God wants us to be more proactive in our prayers. And that's why the Word of God says this, have faith in God. Say it with me this morning, have faith in God. In other words, how many of you ever felt there was a time in your life you didn't really feel like praying, but you knew you should pray, and you got to kick into faith gear, and you got to say, self, man, I know you're tired, you're bummed out, you're depressed, but you have faith in God. Have faith in God. Say it with me right now, have faith in God. And so in other words, ask Seek, knock. In other words, be proactive in your prayers rather than being passive in your prayers. And then Jesus goes on to say this, for everyone who asks, receive. Now, I like this right now. I didn't get this first service, but I'm getting it right now. For everyone who asks, receive. Say it with me this morning, everyone. It's not just someone else, but everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And then he says this, Jesus is talking now, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? And the answer is this, if you then, uh, are, who are evil or you're a mere mortal, you know what I'm saying? If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask them? Amen? How many of you love giving gifts to your children, right? And how many of you like to even surprise them with a gift, right? That kind of thing. And um, I know that uh, Jordan just turned 16, and he just got a lot of gifts and surprises this weekend. This is Jordan uh, Jimenez, and that's Gary and Christina's son. You know, I've known the kids since he was born. And now, what, did, what do you want when you get 16, though? You get your driver's license, you know? And he went out and got his driver's license. That was a pretty cool thing. So Jordan's driving now. And... Uh, you got two drivers now in your house. That's a pretty cool thing. 
I remember when my son, uh, Eric, um, when we came out to California, he had just finished uh, his studies at college at Oral Roberts University, and he got a BA there, and then he uh, went to uh, University of Southern California, USC, film school, and he received his master's degree over there. And so when he received his master's degree, uh, we gave him a gift, and it was a, it was a car that we'd had for, uh, you know, some years, but it was a really great car. It was a Jeep Cherokee, and, uh, and it was a, you know, the, not the Grand Cherokee, but the regular Jeep Cherokee, the last of the real Jeeps, because it had linkage on it. It had the lever that you pull, and you can feel it pull into four-wheel drive. It wasn't just these pansy little buttons you press now. That, but I can't really say they're pansy because it, that's all they have anymore. You just press a button to go all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive. But this was like you grab the lever on the floor and you feel those gears line up. Men go, ar, ar, you know what I'm saying? It's like we know what we're talking about there. You engage the transmission, and they're very desirable. They're kind of the last of the kind of real Jeeps. And, uh, and so we, uh, we had bought that, I don't know, eight, eight, ten years, but it was in perfect condition, and we handed him a little box, you know, and inside the box was a key with a Jeep on it, you know, and, and uh, you know, a Jeep tag on it. He opened it up, he goes, what? And yeah, it's a paid-for Jeep, and you get it, you know, as one of, your, one of your graduation gifts that was used, you know, but still. He drove that, he drove that for another 10 years, and almost every week, every week he would get, and I'm saying that just generally speaking, almost every week or two he'd get a, a post-it note on his windshield or, a, or a, a, a written note saying, I want to buy your Jeep. Call me if you want to sell your Jeep. Because it was so, and, and, and by the time he wanted to sell it, he sold it just like that. Because he just got another note on his deal and called somebody up and he just bought it right where it was at. But we got a big kick out of giving him gifts. God's saying this, if you like to give gifts to your, your natural children, how much more will your heavenly Father who's in heaven bless you with good gifts, right? If your parents do it, guess what? Your heavenly Father is going to do it even to a greater degree. So um, I, I love that about God. Now, I don't know if you knew this, but even God uh, encouraged Jesus to ask of him, and it's in Psalms. And this scripture is taken out of context many times, but even God encouraged Jesus to ask him of something. And you'll read it in Psalm 2, verse 8. He said, Ask of me, and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, the ends of the earth for your possession. But he said, You need to ask of me, and I'll give you the nations. This was God to Jesus. Ask of me, and I'll give you nations for your inheritance, or the heathen for your inheritance, and the ends of the earth for your possession. And I want to just tell you today, we are living proof right here in this room that God has answered that prayer and is answering that prayer. Can I get a witness? Because we are here because that prayer is being answered. Not only are the peoples of countries being won, but nations all over the world are being won to Jesus Christ. Give the Lord a great hand clap. Amen? But that was, he said, ask of me, and I'll give you the nations. As an inheritance. Now, when I was going through, and I, I said I just started with this prompting from the Holy Spirit, asking greatly of God. In other words, there needs to be a part of us that re-engages in prayer and reboots in prayer. Sometimes we have grown tired or we've grown weary in well-doing, and God's saying this, I want you to come to me in, in, in faith again. I want you to ask again. This is this matter of keep on asking, keep on knocking, Keep on seeking me, and the, this door is going to be open. 
But I found five areas that we should ask God for, all right? And I want to share them with you this morning. First of all, ask God for wisdom. Say it with me this morning, wisdom. And wisdom is first on this list because in life, wisdom is the principal thing. If you have wisdom, so many other good things happen if you have wisdom and you have understanding. How do you know that what I'm saying is true right now? Am I, am I, am I telling you the truth? If, if wisdom is at the first thing, it's really at the top of the list because if you have wisdom and if you have good understanding, so many other things in your life are going to go well. Hallelujah. I mean, hey, everyone. How many of you ever done stupid and it didn't work out too well? <laughs> I'm saying, man, that was stupid. I did something stupid today. And then what do you pray right after that? God, help me to be wiser with my mouth. Help me, Lord God, be wiser with my actions. How many of you ever bought something and then you wished you wouldn't have bought it? You know what I'm saying? You thought that thing would be make you happy until you got the first payment for it. You know what I'm saying? And you go like, oh, my goodness. Now, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, 7, I'm going to spend more time on this point than any other point, so hang with me today. Is everyone going to hang with me today for these next few moments? Because I'm going to, I'm going to speak life into you today by the, the, the Word of God. Not me, but the Word of God. I'm going to share life with you today. And so uh, wisdom is the principal thing. Uh, so look at Proverbs 4, 7. Wisdom is a principal thing. Say it with me this morning. Wisdom is a principal thing. That word principal means it's the beginning. You could translate it principle as beginning. It's the top thing. Wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all of your getting, get understanding. Now, that's the New King James Version, all right? Now, I'm looking at a bunch of students of the Word today. How many of you love the Word of God? Amen. And we live in an age right now where it is so much easier to study the Word of God than it ever has been because of computer programs and software, Bible software and things like that. Whenever I'm unpacking a text, all right, when I'm, a text is the scripture, when I look at a scripture or I'm, I want to unpack it, it's called exegesis, all right? Everyone say exegesis. Come on, say it again, exegesis. Now you're, you know, you're sounding like a theologian, all right? It's just the unpacking of the Word of God. And so, and theology, everyone say theology. What is theology? Theology is study, theo is God, study of God. It's just a study of God, right? So the, the study of God. And so it says here, so what I do is when I'm looking at a text, I'll read several different versions. I'll read the New King James Version. I'll read the uh, American Standard Version. I'll read the uh, NIV. I'll read the NLT, New Living Translation. I'll read the Amplified Version. I'll read the Revised Standard Version. I might read six or seven versions on one verse to see what the different facets are, the different uh, uh, um, interpretations are of that one verse. And so the verse itself is the diamond, if you will, but the different facets are the different, ver or the different translations of that diamond. They're, they form the facet on that beautiful diamond. And so if you read different translations, you'll get a, a more fuller understanding of the Scripture. Let me just show it to you here this morning. So the first, Proverbs uh, 4, 7 in the New King James Version says, Wisdom is a principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Now here's how it reads in the NIV. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. <laughs> well, what part of that don't you understand? <laughs> the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Then the New Living Translation, same verse, says this, getting wisdom is the wisest thing that you can do. 
Getting wisdom is the wisest thing that you can do, and the second wisest to get understanding along with it. Now, one of the greatest verses having to do with wisdom, one of the greatest stories in the Bible has to do with Solomon. Everyone say it with me this morning, Solomon. Solomon was the second son of David. So you remember that David and Bathsheba had a first son, but they had that son because of sin. They sinned, but they had a son, but the son was taken from them. He died, but then God in his mercy blessed them with a second son, and his name was Solomon. And Solomon was destined for the throne, in other words, for the throne of his father David. He would be the next king after his father, King David. So anyway, um, Solomon now is getting ready to be inaugurated king over Israel. So his father, King David, had been king over Israel, finished his term, right? You following me? He got to the end of his term as king, and now he's going to be the next king. And you've got young Solomon there, you know, in the shadow of his father, King David, who is a legend in Israel. Oh, my goodness. You talk about the Davidic throne and all of that. You've got King David was a, a legend. Who's, who'd ever want to follow that? And uh, by the way, how many of you would want to be president of the United States? Raise your hand if you'd like to be president of the United States. Hardly no takers on that. I can't believe it. You know, some opportunities that you get, it's like a dog chasing a greyhound bus, you know? What do you do when you catch it? And what does the dog do when he catches a greyhound bus? I don't know. You tell me after service, but what do you do when you catch it? There are some things in life that are so overwhelming, you go like, what am I going to do when this happens to me? And Solomon is going like, my dad, you know, was anointed king of Israel. Now I'm going to inherit his throne. But he was feeling overwhelmed by his circumstances and situation. Let me ask you a question this morning, everyone. How many of you have ever felt overwhelmed by something in your life? You felt like overwhelmed by it. Come on. And the others of you that aren't raising your hand, it's because you don't have enough strength, you've been overwhelmed. But let me just ask you again. How many of you have ever felt overwhelmed by your, you know what I'm saying? He was feeling overwhelmed. He was tossing and turning at night. And all of a sudden, God came to him in a dream. And let me just say this to you this morning, everyone. Somehow, some way, God will come to you in your distress. Thank God for that. Can I get a witness? Amen. God cares about you. He cares about what you're going through. He cares about what you're facing. And God will some way get to you, even if he gets to you in the middle of a dream at night. He's coming your way to help you. So the Lord appeared to Solomon. Watch the, the scripture now. The Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream and said, ask for whatever you want me to give to you. We're talking about this morning, asking greatly of God. And he says to Solomon, ask for whatever you want me to give to you. And Solomon answered, he said, he said God, you've shown great kindness to your servant, my father David. You've shown kindness to my father David because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart you've continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on the throne this very day and that son would be him that son would be Solomon are you following with me now Lord my God you have made your servant in other words you've made me king in place of my father David he says but I'm only a little child and I don't know how to carry out my duties he said my dad's the legend I'm just a kid I don't have any experience and I don't know how to carry out my duties so then he said this your servant is here among your people in other words I'm here among your people that you have chosen a great people too numerous to count or number he's going like I'm coming into this office right now to watch over a people that are too numerous to even count. 
He says, what do I want? He says, so, here's what he said. So give your servant a discerning heart. Say with me this morning, a discerning heart. To govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. I need wisdom, Lord God. He says, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? He prayed that prayer. He said, you know, I could have chosen wisdom. I could have chosen, pardon me, I could have chosen wealth or long life. Give me all of the money. Give me all of the riches. I could have chose riches. I could have said, God, give me long life. But he said, no, I want to choose wisdom so that I can govern correctly over these people that are too numerous to count. Let me tell you something, folks. I think it'd be a great idea in the state of California if we had some governors, some representatives, some senators, and some people in the house that would, instead of doing what they do, get down on their knees and pray to God for wisdom. Can I get a witness? Amen. Wisdom from on high. I'm not talking about personal wisdom because that's just a bunch of fool's wisdom. But I'm talking about wisdom from on high. And say, God, we don't have the answer. And we are overwhelmed by the circumstances of our state and of our nation. God, give us wisdom from on high. Hallelujah. Give us a discerning heart. And look at the next verse. This is all happening in a dream right now. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. He said, man, you asked for the right thing. You could have asked for riches. You could have asked for long life, but you asked for wisdom, and that was the right thing to ask for. And God was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. Now, God will say to you, what do you want? ask of me and I'll tell you what many of your requests, are, requests especially if they're in the will of God are going to please the heart of God and what I'm saying is we have a heavenly father who is waiting and willing and wanting to be asked if we'll just ask him hearing what I'm saying this morning amen so God said to him since you've asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself nor have you asked for the death of your enemies but for discernment in, in administering justice since you've done this, here's what he says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going, I will do what you have asked. I'm going to give you a wise and discerning heart. Say it with me this morning, a wise and discerning heart. I'm going to give you that so that there will never be anyone like you at all. There's, no, there's never going to be anyone as wise as you in history. I'm going to give you a wise and discerning heart. And by the way, it took place in the very first thing that he did when he was in office, all right? You read it in, you just read it later. The decision that he made in office, the first one that he made with a little baby that two, little, two women were claiming, which who, who owns this baby? And so you remember that story, and if you don't, just read it. It's right, right after this happened. But he became the wisest king. He was known for his wisdom. And then, moreover, say it with me this morning, moreover, I'm going to give you what you did not ask for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. Hallelujah. He said, not only am I going to give you what you asked for for wisdom, but I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you wealth, and I'm going to give you a long life. And there's not going to be anyone that could compare to you in the rest of history. Do you know that... uh, Solomon, if you do a little research on him, and sometimes I'll share on that, of course he had you know, thousands of horses and, and horsemen and chariots and all of that stuff and property everywhere. But if you did a study of his net worth today, all right, Solomon's, King Solomon alone, his net worth today would have been $2 trillion. $2 trillion. In fact, his net worth would be more than the net worth of the 400 richest people in the world on the Forbes list combined. If you had the 400 richest people on the Forbes magazine list, his wealth would have been more than all of their wealth combined. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, well, that's rich. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, at least he could take us out for an In-N-Out hamburger. Come on. <laughs> hamburger for all of California. <laughs> that sounds good right now, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Follow this. In his 39-year reign, we're talking about how rich he was made. In his 39-year reign, while he was king for 39 years, they would give him as a gift every year, they'd give him 25 tons of gold. 25 tons of gold every year for 39 years. How many of you know that that would help pay the bills? <laughs> it's like Forrest Gump used to say, I figure that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, so he became the most wealthy person. Now, and watch the last verse here. And if you walk in obedience to me, says the Lord, keep my decrees and my commandments as David your father did, I will give you a long life as well. So let's get to the bottom of it here this morning. So what should I do? Here's what we need to do regarding wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, the word of God says, you should ask God. Say it with me this morning. Ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But we're talking about asking God greatly this morning. If you need wisdom, let him what? Ask of God. I'm going to ask you, Lord God, I need wisdom in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, I'll tell you what, everyone, I've been in spots in my life and by the way, uh, I'm here to tell you this morning, you don't need wisdom uh, like later this year, you probably need wisdom today and you probably need wisdom on Wednesday and you probably need wisdom on Saturday. You might have times in your life, God, I'm just in a, uh, you know, this is higher than my pay grade, higher than my understanding, Lord God. I've got certain abilities, but I don't have what I need, but I need wisdom from you. And God will give you the wisdom that you need. The other day I was just praying, uh, I mean, as I was studying and as I was getting ready for this message, uh, I'll tell you what, I just began to pray and say, God, I had a situation coming, and it was nothing serious, but I'll tell you what, it, it, it's all just, uh, you know, it's all relative what's serious. You know, when you're bogged down, you're bogged down, right? When you've got a weight on you, you've got a weight on you, and I just began to pray, said, God, in this situation, God, I don't know what to do, but Lord, I'm just praying for wisdom, Lord God. I'm praying for your hand of blessing and praying for your help. And I'll tell you what, within 24 hours, God just answered and just took it just like that. Because why? Because I asked. I'm going to ask in the name of Jesus. And God wants to encourage you this morning just to ask, all right? All right, here we go. Hey, we're doing good on time this morning. Praise God. Okay, second. Second thing to ask God for is the Holy Spirit. Say with me, the Holy Spirit. Amen. How many of you this morning are thankful for the Holy Spirit? Amen. Hallelujah. You're thankful for the Holy Spirit. And, and, and so... To be a person of the Spirit, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and remain filled with the Holy Spirit. And we need to be full of the Holy Spirit every single day of our lives to hope to live a successful Christian life and to be a witness to our generation. So, in other words, be filled with the Holy Spirit so you'll have boldness, God will help you, but also He filled us to be witnesses to our generation. And I want to just tell you, one of the most frustrating things in my life as a minister is how inept I sometimes become at being a witness for Jesus. I really do. It really frustrates me. I went out from, with some dear friends, uh, uh, um, our neighbors, uh, just yesterday, and they were celebrating an uh, open house. And, uh, uh, but so many of the people in the room were absent of God. You know, I'm just, they were absent of God. They had all of the things of the world, nice cars, nice home, lots of, you know, the drinks everywhere, 
and, and, and uh, you know, help yourself to all the drinks you did. I drank Dr. Pepper, if you're wondering. I drank Dr. Pepper. But I'm going like, I, I drove away after that. And we've known them for a long, long time, long, long time, many, many years. And, uh, but I go, how do I introduce Christ to them in, in a compelling way when they seem to have, don't have need of anything? They seem to be happy. They seem to be doing what wor- the world does. Uh, they don't share the same values as I do. I know not biblical values. as well. How do I get through that barrier? And I mean, I have the opportunity as a minister to be called as a minister and, and can stand up here and give an invitation on Sunday, and I love doing that, and I love seeing people that cr- come to Christ here in this church building, but my greatest joy is to see people come to Christ in my own life. And when I'm falling short on that, it just frustrates me. How many of you have ever had that feeling? Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about you've had that feeling like, God, make me a, a more, uh, you know, um, fruitful soul winner, you know, a better soul winner. How do I share the gospel? And what part of the gospel? And how do you share? In other words, there are answers to all these questions. But I'm saying, I can tell you this, we need the help of the Holy Spirit if we hope to win anybody to Jesus Christ. Can't be done without the Holy Spirit. It's for it to be a witness. And to receive the Holy Spirit, you ask for the Holy Spirit. Now, in Luke chapter 11, verse 12, says the same thing that we read before, except in a different book. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will you give him a snake instead? Of course not. Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? No, of course not. If then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, watch how it says here, how much more will your Father in heaven give the what? The Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Say with me, the Holy Spirit. He'll give you the Holy Spirit. God, I need the Holy Spirit today. Praise God. Um, I'll tell you what, two things you need in life. You need to be filled with food. How many like food? Pretty good thing, right, amen? How many think about food today? Come on, come on. What are we going to have today? Be filled with food. Better be filled with water. But let me tell you what, better be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because we need to be filled with all of those things. And, and how, do we get, how do we get food? We ask for food. How do we get water? We ask for water, we go get water. I'm saying the same thing. We ask God, say, God, I need your Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It's asking God for his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Third thing this morning is this, is ask God for healing. How many of you are glad this morning that Christ is our healer, amen? And how many of you would say today, Pastor Perry, there's been times in my life that I knew that God helped me to turn the corner on his sickness. He laid his hand on me, and he's the one that delivered me from sickness. I've had it happen in my life. How many would wave at me and say, I know God has touched me and made me whole, amen? Let me just tell you right now, we've gone through 15 months of a pandemic, and it's the grace of God that we're here today. Thank you, Lord God. God has kept us safe and God has kept us well. God has touched us with his healing touch. Give the Lord a great hand clap of that for that. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. So anyway, uh, we can ask God for healing. Now, I wanted to share a quick story uh, from the word of God here uh, with you this morning. Jesus and his disciples, they were going through Jericho. Say it with me, Jericho. And uh, when you go to Israel someday, you'll see Jericho. There's not much left of it, but you'll see Jericho. 
But he and his disciples were going through Jericho and they were going through it and they were just continuing on through the other side and there was quite a crowd with Jesus and as Jesus and his disciples together were leaving Jericho together with a large crowd, they were leaving the city, a blind man named Bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside begging. Say it with me, Bartimaeus. And he was, brought, he was sitting by the roadside begging because that's what he did. He was a blind beggar uh, named Bartimaeus. And when they heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth coming his way. What's the crowd coming this way? Oh, it's Jesus. He began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And say it with me this morning, Jesus, have mercy on me. And I'll tell you what, they had all of these believers with Jesus. And you know what the believers did? They told him to pipe down. Not all of them, but many of them said just pipe down. They rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But when he heard that, he shouted all the more. I'm telling you what, if the critics tell you to be quiet, shout all the more. Can I get a witness? Amen. And some of the critics are church people. God help us. Do you know what? There's some more friendly people in bars than there are in churches. No, I'm telling you what, I've been in church all my life. And, 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 and the way some churches treat people, you'd rather be in a bar than be in a church. Did he just say that? Yes. They're all happy in the bar. They're all, you know, tuned up a little bit. Did he just say that? No, I'm, 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 not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm not a novice at this anymore. I'm a young man of 65. I've been in church all my life. But I've seen some church people do, do, do other people dirtier than anyone in the world would do them. And, they're, and they're, they still say, I'm a follower of Jesus, and yet they gossip, and yet they jab their friends, and yet they wouldn't help if you were down. Amen all by myself. We're not supposed to be like that. We're supposed to be filled with love in the name of Jesus. But there's some mean ones out there, man. They're all sheep, but some of those sheep bite every now and then. And by the way, I love church, and I love you, and I love being here on Sunday. But I'm saying, you know, in this crowd following Jesus, they told blind Bartimaeus just to pipe down. We're, we got momentum going on right now. We're with Jesus. We're coming with a crowd through Jericho. Today's not your day. And they told him to pipe down. Instead, they should have had compassion on him, and yet they disdained them in, in their hearts. They, had, they, they disdained him because he was the blind beggar Bartimaeus. And I'm telling them, man, I would never do something like that. Let me tell you what, some of us do it. It creeps into our hearts when we least expect it. And by the way, we have beggars right here in Sacramento. And right here in our region, and tent cities, and people that, you know what, we're coming through some days, and you've had this happen, and you, you're a compassion person, you're a loving person, but every now and then you'll go by a beggar, and I'll tell you what, they're matted down, they haven't had a shower for over a week or two weeks, their clothes are dirty, their face is dirty, their hair is dirty, and they're out there, there and sometimes there can be something that rises up in you that is a pride thing, that where you look, actually, something comes up in your heart that's disdain rather than compassion. You say, Pastor, how do you know this? Because it's happened in my own heart. I'm saying, and that, by the way, is, that is from the pit of hell. That's the devil himself. He who has pity on the poor, God says this, I will repay. And I'm telling you what, you better have a soul check. If you ever look down at those who are in a less state than you, and you look down at them in disdain rather than compassion. 
If that little sensing comes in, because you'll never talk about it. I'm going to talk about not what's going on on the outside. I'm talking about what's going on on the inside. Can I get an amen here this morning? I'm just talking truth here. We hide this stuff really well. Hey, praise God. I'm doing really well in my BMW or my Lexus or my Chevy or my Ford. I got the Lord and I got my Ford. (laughs) But sometimes we walk by them in our air-conditioned vehicle and, and our heart doesn't go out to them. And let me say this morning, if that ever creeps in, because these were followers of Jesus, the same ones that told blind Bartimaeus to pipe down, it says many of them, it didn't say all of them, but many of them told them to be quiet. And they were followers of Jesus. I'm just saying we need to do a self-check or a, uh, a check because I want to just say this, but for the grace of God, there go all of us. Why can I get a big witness this morning, amen? It's but for the grace of God. When you drive by a tent city, just say, God, how am I not in that tent? And they are. Why am I where I live? And why are they there? I don't know, but I want to do the best I can to love them, to help them, and to pray for them and all of that. Can I get a witness here this morning? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. All right. I don't know if you like that or not this morning, but it's just, the, it's God. And, and, and sometimes God steps on our, sometimes God reveals what's in our hearts, all that kind of stuff. All right. Where am I at in this story? They told him to be quiet. And they said, but he said, son of David, have mercy on me. Then Jesus stopped and he said, call him. And, and, and so they called out to the blind men and now they have a change of heart. They're saying, hey, Jesus is calling you. Cheer up, get on your feet, he's calling you. They had a change of heart because Jesus started it. You know, they were saying pipe down, but then, then Jesus said, no, he said, call him. He called him over, he threw his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. And then Jesus said to this blind man, he says this, what do you want me to do for you? It would seem to be obvious what he would need to be done. He's blind. And Jesus is a prophet and Jesus would know, you know, he knows all things, but he's also operating in his human too. He's man of God and a God man all at the same time, right? And he says, what do you want me to do for you? And Jesus said to the blind man, and he says, Rabbi, and that word rabbi means master or teacher. He says, I want to see that I might receive my sight, Lord. I want to see. Now, I want to just say this here this morning. It might seem obvious uh, to Jesus what the blind man would need. Nevertheless, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Now, I'm going to just say this to you this morning, church family, that I love. Even though your need may seem very obvious Be specific when you ask the Lord for what you need. Just be specific, amen? Jesus will say to you, what do you want me to do for you, amen? And then say, God, even though you know, he says, God, I need my sight restored, amen? I remember years ago, there was a, my dad was preaching about a man, uh, David Youngie Cho, and David Youngie Cho is the pastor of the largest church in the world in Seoul, Korea. It's a church of about a million people. And I remember him talking about David Youngie Cho and saying he was praying and he was saying he was asking God because he said, God, I need a new bicycle. And so he was praying and he said, God, I need a bicycle. So he was asking God for a bicycle and the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke back to him and said, well, what kind of a bicycle do you need? A black one or a white one or a red one? And is it a two-speed or is it a three-speed or is it a five-speed? What kind of a bicycle do you need? So then he said, I just learned how to pray even more specifically. He said, God, I want a black bicycle with a five-speed transmission, or I mean a five-speed drive, and, and God, and, 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 and before he knew it, he had the exact thing that he prayed for. 
he said to the blind man, what do you need? And he said, God, I want my sight. And, and God's waiting to hear from each one of us. What do you need? And be specific in your prayers. Can I get a witness? Amen. And then Jesus said, go to the blind man. Your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Hallelujah. He was healed from that very moment. Praise God. All God's people, give the Lord a great hand clap because he's our healer. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. The fourth thing that we want to ask her, and I've got only two, two uh, uh, points left, two more things that I want to share with you. Fourth thing that we pray for is this, ask God for is for mountains to be removed. And so Jesus says this, say it with me, mountains to be removed. And Jesus said this, have faith in God. I want you to say it with me this morning, have faith in God. Hallelujah, have faith in God. Say it again, church family, have faith in God. Now watch this. Having faith in God can accomplish the impossible. It can accomplish the impossible, just having faith in God, because I want to tell you this. Mountains represent those things that are impossible in our lives. And I want to just encourage you, if you don't believe that mountains are impossible to move, go try to move one this afternoon and see how far you get, right? I've got, I, you won't get anywhere with trying to remove a mountain. I've got some boulders in my backyard that I put there 20 years ago, and I only have three of them there, and they had to be taken in like by a bobcat because they're so, so heavy. I think I paid $60 for them back in the, you know, from some nursery service years ago to put, but I couldn't move any one of those boulders, and I don't think that you could either. But he, that's just a boulder, but you try to take a mountain, that represents things that are impossible in our life. But how many of you knew that nothing is impossible with God? Say it with me this morning. Nothing is impossible with God, even those things that seem to be mountains in our lives. Now watch this. Jesus said, have faith in God. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done to them. So speaking to the problems, speaking to the mountains, speaking to those tests that come into our lives. Mountains represent the obstacles, the trials, the difficulties, the tests that come in our life, have you ever had any of those? By the way, we all want a mountain-moving testimony. How many of you would like to have a mountain-moving testimony, man? We all want a mountain-moving testimony, but before you can have a mountain-moving testimony, you've got to pass the test before you can have a testimony. First four letters of testimony is T-E-S-T, -E which means you're going to have a test before you can pass a testimony, but God will give you a mountain-moving testimony testimony in your life praise God and then Jesus said this therefore Jesus says I tell you whatever you ask for in prayer believe that you've received it and it will be yours now the fifth thing that we ask a God for is this here's the fifth thing whatever you need this is going to be a big one whatever you need in the name of Jesus ask for whatever you need hallelujah praise God now, everyone look at me right now. Sometimes you need a mountain removed in your life. Other times you just need a parking space. <laughs> Can I go in and say amen? What are we supposed to pray about? Everything. The big problems in life, the little problems in life. You know what I find myself praying for these days in my life? God, where are those keys? I don't remember where I put them down. But I know they're there. Have you ever lost something like that? Or your iPhone, like, where was that at? I know it's somewhere, Lord God. Lead me to it. And, and, and so that's a small problem, but the Lord works in the small areas of our lives, and he works in the big areas of our life. How many of you know that what I'm talking about is true? Amen? And Jesus said this, but when you pray, pray in the name of Jesus. So 
Here's what John says about this. In that very day, you'll, you'll no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you that my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Follow this right now. Jesus was talking to his disciples. He's getting ready to ascend to the Father at the end of his ministry. Now, he says, you could talk to me in person right now. You could just talk to me in person, but that day is coming to the end. You're going to have to now talk to me through the Father, and you're going to have to talk to me through the Father in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus hadn't been used till the end of his ministry. He was saying, you can get to me right now. You can talk to me in person, but now I'm ascending to the Father. So now to have access to the throne of the Father, we come through the name of Jesus Christ the Son. Can I get a way to say amen? He said, I want you to begin to pray in the name of Jesus. Say with me right now, in my name. And now watch, he says this, until now you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy will be complete. Ask in my name. Hallelujah, the name of Jesus. How many know that the name of Jesus is a powerful thing? And I didn't even have this in your notes because I had plenty of scripture today, but in Philippians it talks about this. Uh, Because Jesus was obedient going all the way to the cross, The Bible says that God has highly exalted Jesus and given him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. He is the name above all names. Silver and gold have we none, but such as we have give we thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Hallelujah. But it's the name. There's power in that name. If you believe there's power in the name of Jesus, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Would you do that? Amen. Hallelujah. And now I want to end right where I began. Hallelujah. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. Here's the confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. And I'm talking today, everyone, about asking greatly of God. Hallelujah. So we have confidence when we come. In fact, the Hebrew writer said, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we can find mercy and grace and help in a time of need. But we can come boldly. We have confidence because we're coming to our Heavenly Father to ask according to his will, and we know that we have whatever we ask because we know that, we, that he hears us. Hallelujah. If you, if you believe in that and you receive it, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise today. Would you do that, amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. First time I've ever preached this message because I just received it. But the five areas, again, that we need to help in is we need to ask God for wisdom. We need to ask God for the Holy Spirit. We need to ask God for healing in our lives. We need to ask God for mountains to be removed out of our lives. And then we ask God for whatever, whatever you need in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In other words, God has you covered at every spectrum spectrum and every level of your need. He has you covered, and he's encouraging us today that we ask him. Hallelujah. If you receive that, say loud amen. Amen. I want to pray for you today all across the auditorium if you just stand with me right now. I want to just pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's great power in prayer. And I just bless you today as we get ready to pray. Hallelujah. And I want to ask this morning, uh, all across the auditorium today, um, we're in a new season right now. We've come out of COVID. We're coming out of COVID, the whole thing. Thank God 
Um, it's in the rear view mirror, and every day we're just making improvements along the way. I mean, things are getting better, not worse, but getting better. And that's an answer to prayer itself. Amen? How many of you have been praying that God would make things better? Amen? How many of you are praying that God would get us out of this mess? And God is getting us out of this mess. And, but I want to ask this morning in this service, this will be the first time I've done this in 15 months in the second service, but I want to ask if you're saying, Pastor Perry, I, would, I, I just need prayer in a special way today. I just want to invite you to come forward to the um, uh, front this morning. But I, I wanted to say this this morning. We all need prayer. We all need something from God. Are we agreed on that this morning, amen? I mean, wave at me if you say, man, I need. Whether you come forward or not, how many of you say we all need something from God, amen? We do, and I'm going to ask. But if you're saying here this morning, I'd like to come to the altar and, 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 and be prayed over at the altar too. I won't be touching every person, but I will be reaching out to you this morning. Just come this morning right now, if you would, just from right where you're at, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. And then I want to pray for everyone in the room. We're going to really begin asking God for some answers in our, in our, in our own lives. Just come all the way to the front, right to the edge here, if you would, and that'll make room for everyone that needs to come today to, just to, to pray in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. I bless you today, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. We bless you today. We bless you today. Hallelujah. I want to ask this morning that all across this auditorium right now, we just begin to just give a voice of worship and a voice of praise to the Lord, all right? Come to his presence with thanksgiving and praise and, and just begin to bless his name. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Would you just do that right now? Just bless the Lord right where you're at. Lord, we just bless you right now. We worship you. We honor you, Lord God. We love you. We bless you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, that you're at work in our lives, that you're at work in my life. You're at work in this church, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for your blessing on our lives. And we just give you praise this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. We just bless you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We just bless you today, Lord God. Hallelujah. We bless you today, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Now, everyone here this morning, I want to just pray at a more passionate level right now. I was talking about being proactive in our prayers, but let's be proactive in our praise as well. And the Bible says this, um, you know, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, come into his courts with what? Praise, be thankful unto him and bless his holy name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. So it says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you people. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. It says, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Praise, Lord. Praise the Lord. We bless you, Lord God. Hallelujah. And I, I want to just do that even at a... Let me, one thing I found in the world today, we, we've got our priorities just a little bit mixed up. People are more excited about the NBA than they are about the things of God. They're more looking at, is Milwaukee going to win? Are the Phoenix Suns going to win? Are the Clippers going to win? Are the... Uh, are the uh, who that other team they're playing anyway that's probably going to beat them tonight uh, uh, whatever I'm just talking about and they'll get out and make all kinds of noise for sports but we're not talking about sports something just temporal we're talking about someone who is eternal in our lives 
someone he created us and he loves us. Let's make a joyful noise to the Lord. Would you do that? Hallelujah, Lord. We bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. And when the devil tries to make you dormant, you just come back on the devil and say, I'm going to praise the Lord today. Hallelujah. I don't care. I'm talking about I'm going to praise the Lord. Push back on the devil. When he and all of his minions and his demons come against you, you push back on him in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus. But stir up the good gift that's on the inside of you. Sometimes I don't feel like praising the Lord, but I praise the Lord anyway. Sometimes I feel I'm a little bit tired. I'm a little bit worn out. I'm a little bit achy, but who cares? You know, God will touch your achy, breaky heart. Can I get a witness? That's not from the scripture, by the way. That was from Nashville, but it's not. It's the, the same principle as there. I'm talking about if you're not, if you're feeling kind of down, just push that away. God, I think I'm going to praise you right now. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. You've got to just take authority over this. But I'm talking about the word of the Lord today is to ask him in all of these areas to ask God and to reboot on the asking. I'm talking about just reboot on that because some of us have laid it to the side, but God is encouraging us right now to ask greatly of God and see what happens in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Now I want to just ask you in just this moment right now, if you will, just... Um, make voice, give voice to whatever is heavy on your heart today and lay that burden down. Most of you are able to, um, would be able to articulate what's going on in your heart and what's, what, what's causing you care and concern today. But let me just give you this. The Bible says this, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Say it with me. It's on the screen. It'll come up. Don't worry about anything, but pray. But here's, the other, here's another translation, New, New Century Version. Don't worry about anything, but pray and ask God for everything you need. It's asking God for everything that you need, always giving thanks. Then you'll experience God's peace, which passes all understanding. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. In fact, Paul knew what it was to have a sentry of guards or to have a, a group of guards around him. He'd been in prison enough times, but he was saying this. He was put in the best context. God will put a guard around your heart when you pray. He's going to protect you. He'll guard your hearts and your minds. So don't worry about anything, but pray and ask God for everything you need. Pray and ask God for everything you need. So I want to just ask you to ask the Lord right now to, to, um, to meet you at that point of need and just kind of with a whisper, just articulate it to the Lord. God, this is what I need right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you that need finances, I'm just prompted on this one. Don't just say, God, I need money. Well, how much money do you need? God, I need a mortgage payment. I need a rent payment. I need this payment. God, I mean, I, I don't just need a couple hundred bucks. Lord, I really need $234.79. In other words, be specific about what is it that you need, but articulate. I need a healing in my body. What kind of a healing? I need a healing of this. And, 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 and be specific about what you're adding. God, I've got, a, I've got a child that's astray right now. God, just name that person. Then, God, I'm, I, I'm, without, I'm, I'm having a relationship breakup even in my own family. I'm talking about God, 
bring healing to that relationship, but name that person. And just do it right now in a whisper to the Lord if you do it. Lord, we thank you right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. We just bless you today right now. God, I thank you right now, Lord God, that you're getting ready to answer prayers. Hallelujah. Just because we ask in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now pray this prayer with me right now, if you would. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word today that gives me faith. Hallelujah. And say it with me. I'm not going to worry about anything, but I'm going to ask God for everything that I need. And I'm always going to be thankful. And Lord, I thank you for your peace. Say it with me right now. I cast every care on you, Lord God, because you care for me. And I ask, Lord God, for answered prayer and miracles and signs and wonders that will follow those who believe. Right now, Lord, I believe on you. And I pray in your holy name, the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. I pray in your holy name, the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now give the Lord a great hand clap of praise right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Now I want to just speak a blessing over you. And here's the blessing. All right. You ready to receive it? Hallelujah. Man, you're right, Holy Spirit. We're not quite there yet. I just want to close this service. Hold up your hands just one more time. You know, I'm so clock conscious. Even though I, I pretend not to be, I'm a little bit clock conscious. But we need to be more God conscious than clock conscious. God, I just thank you right now, Lord God, for every person in this room, Lord. We all have situations and burdens that we're carrying, God, that only you can intervene. And some of us have even asked, have given up on asking. But Lord, this morning, there's a reason why we've heard the word that we've heard this morning. There's a reason why your spirit has spoke to us this morning is to encourage us to ask again. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. God, we look to you right now. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord God, you've begun a good work in us and you're going to see it through to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So Lord God, I just ask for every single individual in this uh, auditorium this morning, Lord God, that you're going to meet them in a special way, in a specific way, Lord God, at the point of their need. And God, they're going to see the hand of God in their life, the hand of God in their household, the hand of God in their situation, Lord God, that you're going to come through and do what no other power can do. And I just thank you for that right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for touching your people today. And I give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And if you receive God's touch and his blessing by faith, and you said, Pastor, I've asked, and now I'm ready to receive, give the Lord a great hand clap, a clap of praise. Would you do that? In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Now here's my blessing over you this morning, everyone. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than even anything that you could ask or imagine. Another version says it this way. Unto him who can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. How many of you know that God is one that can, you're asking for something, but just like Solomon, he says, I'm going to give you what you asked for, but I'm going to give you more than you asked for. He says, exceedingly abundantly above all that you could even ask or think. I know what you need, but I'm going to give you what you need, but I'm going to give you more than you need. 
according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. God says this, I'm willing and able to do exceedingly abundantly more than you could ask or receive. And, and, and so because he's able to do that, let's give him glory right now in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord great glory, right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, as we walk out of this place today, you're not walking alone. The Holy Spirit is with you. Church isn't over right now. Church just got started. And I want you to just say, when you get out here, just say, God, man, I'm going to relook over those notes today. I'm going to receive them in my, my heart, my spirit. Go out and walk and pray. Just go out and walk like a quarter of a mile one way and back. You'll want to walk a half a mile, then walk back. God will speak to you and give you a revival on a sidewalk. He'll do it if you just get together with the day. It's not stopping here. It's just starting here in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And then, if you're here this morning without Christ and you walked away from God or you've never received Christ in your life, I want to, today, here's how we're going to do it. If you need Jesus in your life, today's the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. And I want to just ask you, if you need Christ and you didn't, nobody prayed with you. I want to ask you, first of all, to just ask anyone in this church to lead you to Christ. They'll be glad to lead you with, to, to Christ, all right? And let me just prove it right now. If uh, Those of you that would say, I'd be just happy to, to pray with somebody and lead them to Jesus, I'd be happy to do that. If anyone, just, let, just raise your hand right now. And so right there, they'd be glad to do it. Just say, man, I say, raise your hand. I need Jesus today. They'll lead you right to Christ, all right? And if you can't find anyone, then just find me, and I'll lead you to Christ, all right? I'll do it. I'll be so happy to do it. So I just bless you, but I want you to walk right now uh, in faith and walk in the assurance that God hears and he answers when we pray. And he's saying, ask, ask of me greatly. And if you receive that today, say aloud, amen. And I leave you with that blessing in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for amen. joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.